0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm the lead building draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Laboratory. Uh, Heading into May, the draft has come and gone. Our favorite time of year is now in rearview mirror, and we've got to spend the next three months trying to talk about a football team that won't play until August. I'm not sad. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts on the show. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. What's up, man? What's going on, Kid? How you
1: doing? I'm doing good. I don't know how we're going to make this whole podcast based on some of the stuff that you have been going on about before this, but we're gonna we're gonna try to power through. I've had some I've
0: had some weird takes tonight. Actually, I don't think they're that weird. I just don't like Thai they're food. They're weird. I'm sorry. They're very weird. I don't think rice noodles are good. I think joy, and I think like soy, and soy and ginger, don't like ginger, soy and ginger ruins dishes on it's, it's, it's a proven fact, uh, You ruin everything, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong here. That's, that's barley hop. Find him on Twitter at barley hop. It's Craig stout. Hi, Craig. Hi, man. Er, I can't. Okay. Who's ruining things now? Me, Craig. It's, me. it's always okay. Me. That's what I thought. Um, we're going to try to not talk too much about the cornerback position tonight because you're going to have three months to talk about the cornerback position. We will, we'll talk about some stuff with it later. We all know. We all agree. The cornerback position is the biggest area of concern. But
1: is it the biggest? Is it?
0: Is it? Well, actually, here's the thing. I started looking at the roster as a whole yesterday and breaking it down, and two areas kind of scare me. Like after the draft has come and gone, the wide receiver in position in the in the tight end position are a little scary here. Um it's 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 alarming. I, I I I think like actually visualizing it and everything has just kind of made me kind of realize more scared? They, huh?
2: More scared of the more positions? Scared. Yeah.
0: Well, I think okay, I have I have kind of a thought about this. The Tyree Cool situation has obviously been kind of looming over this thing this entire time. The news breaks with the audio on Thursday, right before the draft starts. We our headspace is not in, you know, roster building mode, honestly, right? We are it's a different kind of roster building mode. It's like who are we getting in the draft? Who are the Chiefs acquiring in this draft? So I think like the dust settled and dust cleared from the undrafted free agents from the from the actual draft and here we are and you're looking and visualizing what's on paper and i understand everyone's freaking about freaking out about corner we will have three months to address it the wide receiver and the tight end position are just as scary Blake Bell is your tight end too we'll talk about them in a minute. I want to talk about the wide receiver position first because this is it's it's it, it, it's starting to get a little scary here. Uh, I'm going to list off all the wide receivers that are going to be in camp currently uh, in July. Sammy Watkins DeMarcus Robinson is your wide receiver too. Mecole Hardman, the draft pick. Garrick Dieter, Marcus Kemp, Byron Pink, Pringle, Josh Crockett, Devon Grayson, Cody Thompson, Jamal Custis, Felton Davis, Jameer Jordan. Those are the guys that as as we sit right now, the Chiefs are going to go into camp with. Um, I, I look at it and I think, Just finally seeing that list kind of just wow, Demarcus Robinson's your tight end or wide receiver, too. Well,
1: and the thing with this is Sammy Watkins most likely is not playing a full season. Right. Like, even if he does, this is scary enough. But the odds are he is not playing 16 games. That means Demarcus Robinson is your wide receiver one for those games he's not playing. And like, we can be worried about corner. We have two corners maybe three corners that you feel okay with being starting on the field. I don't think anybody feels okay with Demarcus Robinson starting, let alone being your lead guy.
2: Yeah, definitely not. Why Why would you? Uh, he's not shown anything, uh, any ability to play within structure. He's best in scramble drills. He He just hasn't produced or really evolved as a receiver thus far, even though we all think he's – Capable, he's got some tools, but yeah, he he would be wide receiver one for the four to six games that Sammy Watkins is inevitably going to miss this year. That can't happen. Six games. Wow. S- I mean we games. are
0: really we are really pessimistic right now. Well, I mean um, how many know, games did he miss I last Just playing year? The odds. I know. Just playing the odds. I know. Um the thing about Demarcus Robinson is, yes, he scored Patrick Mahomes' 50th touchdown. I believe it was the longest touchdown pass of the entire season. But even Patrick Mahomes, when he was on the on the stand talking about it, was kind of laughing about how Demarcus Robinson ran the wrong route on it. He's supposed to run a curl, and he just he thought he could beat his his corner, so he just threw his hand up like, "I'm out, let's go, come on." And they threw him, and they made the play. But like, you can't live on that. So.
1: And that's what we've talked about before. Coming out of Florida, that was his offense while he played at Florida. And you just expected to see growth. And I think there's some things he's gotten better at. Like he's more consistent with routes when he does run them. He's a solid route runner when he is running a specific route. It's just you can't trust him to be where the play is designing him to be enough of the times that you can't throw a timing pass to him ever. You can't have him be a hot read ever because you just don't know what he's going to do on any given play and that's about to be your wide receiver one. The physical talent doesn't matter, even if he understands the playbook. It doesn't matter if he's just simply not going to do what Patrick Mahomes is expecting him to do on the vast majority of the plays. I think
0: one of the things that I've kind of... I've been guilty of is when I talk about... I talk about the weapons as a whole. So I talk about, yeah, you know, they lost Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, and that is true, right? But... When you just isolate and look at the wide receiver position, it kind of slaps you in the face a little bit as just far as how blatant of an issue this is. So um, we, got, we got a lot to talk about with the wide receiver position and just kind of going through some stuff. Okay, I'm going to start here. I'm going to ask this question. The Chiefs traded up to 56 for me, Cole Hardman. He's got value on this team. They are going to need him to play at a high level. I think that there is a plan and a path to success for him in year one. It just may not be everything that we expect it to be. Uh, But I'm going to start with this. Do you think Mecole Hardman can be trusted in year one?
2: And by trusted, I assume you mean like a significant contributor, like wide receiver two. Is that what you're looking for? You can
0: lean on him to be on the field and be where he needs to be and produce.
2: I, I don't think so. I mean, I I think that he's got the football IQ to pick it up. I think that he will eventually be that guy. But, I mean, they talk about him as if he's 2016 Tyree Kill. And 2016 Tyree Kill, you weren't trusting him as your wide receiver too yet. To be on the field, to be exactly where he needed to be and to be able to be leaned on as a contributor. That doesn't mean that michael Harman doesn't have a spot in this offense, and it doesn't mean that he can't be productive as a rookie, but trying to lean on him as a major focal point in this offense, I just don't think you can do that.
1: Yeah, and we can, in theory, I, by myself, could do a whole podcast just on Mikko <laughs> Harman, so we're going to try to avoid that. I'm just going to kind of get this one little thing out here and ask a question to you guys about it. So the Chiefs, the Tyreek Hill news comes down. It obviously does affect the Chiefs draft strategy in some form. Now, I don't think they panicked and traded up to get Nicole Hardman. But I think there's a little bit of they kind of lost the forest through the trees here. They had a specific role. They were looking for a Tyreek Hill replacement. They were looking for a Z receiver. Yeah. So they drafted Mikko Hardman. Well, you have to start breaking down what the Z receiver is going to do. They're going to stretch a team deep, not only the the corner covering them, but the entire defensive scheme. They're then going to be a threat to take any short pass to the house. That already right there limits your player pool that you can choose from a ton. But then when you start to include the ability to be a returner, to run jet sweeps, to take handoffs and little stuff like that, they effectively limited their player pool that they were looking at to two players, Paris Campbell and Nicole Mm -hmm. Hardman. Their entire player pool predicated on special teams ability and the ability to be a gadget player in the second round was two players. I think that's where my biggest issue with the pick resides. Not that they don't have a fit for him or he can't play, but is it a good idea to limit your selections at pick 56 to two players because the role you're trying to fill is so minute and half of the role you're talking about when you listen to the scouts or the coaches is a very specific minor role? I think,
0: I guess my counter to that and I think their line of thinking is, I and if you listen even the way kind of Therese Paler has been talking is, I don't think they consider it minute. I think that they've seen the value of – uh, a guy that can stretch vertically, a guy that can ha- that can you know take jet sweeps and all that stuff. I think they really value that to this offense, and I'm not saying um, in special teams too. I think there's just I think they like the value of all those things. I think they've seen the value of that, and Andy Reid believes that he can develop uh, Mikel Hardman into a guy that can can do a lot of these things and provide that value pretty quickly. So like I think that's. I understand what you're saying. I do think it is a limited pool and I'm not saying that that's the route I would go, but I think maybe they value it way more than we do. If
2: that makes sense. And on top of that, they took a guy like Tyree kill a guy that they're now comparing, you know, Michael Hardman to here with, you know, his development and they were able to turn him into a top five wide receiver in the NFL. I get that you're you're gambling on being able to have that guy produce at that level again, but by all accounts, he's got the football IQ, and then he's got the speed. He's got the thing that you can't teach on top of that, and I get that that's a gamble. I get that that's something that you don't necessarily want to be doing and the pigeonhole that you don't want to put yourself in, but I, I kind of understand where they're coming from from that point of view, yeah.
1: But my, I guess my point would be, why not take a player that has better receiving traits and doesn't fit the gadget or the special teams traits? I understand they think it's important, but you can find that in round five, like you did with Tyree Kill. You can find that later on in a draft. You can find a fast guy that just runs really well with the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. So why not do that later and then take a better receiver prospect, pure receiver prospect earlier in the draft would kind of be, I guess, the way I would approach it, and I guess that's my big hang up with it, is I don't think it's a position that has to be filled by just one person right. when there's other ways to go about sure. it. And like you said, if they missed on Tyree Kill, he special you drafted a special teams player in the fifth round. You drafted one of the best special teams players in the fifth round, no problem. You miss on McCole Hardman, you drafted one of the league's best special teams player in round two. So you drafted Tavon Austin just a round later, but it's still a massive miss. Right. Like I said, that's my concern from a value perspective, and I know we don't want to spend too much time here. I just wanted to bring that up and just kind of ask you guys a little bit about just the limiting of the player pool in such a minor, specific detail of the position they were looking for. When did Paris Campbell
2: go? When did Paris Campbell go?
1: I think he
0: went second. A couple picks later. A couple picks later. Yeah. So they needed – I mean, that little pool, that was where you were going to get one of those guys. Yeah, that was it. I think the more I think about it and the way you asked that question, it does make me wonder just – I, I do legitimately wonder, especially after hearing, T, you know, the way Therese talked. Part of me wonders if Andy saw what it what Tyreek Hill did, saw it flip offense on its head, mm-hmm. especially with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Tyreek Hill. Part of the reason Alex Smith had a breakout was because of Tyreek Hill, right? For sure. You know, part and one oh, hundred percent. And part of the reason that Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes last year was because of the terrifying vertical stretch. And and how much square yards they had to defend and how dynamic that guy was down the field and having a guy that could throw a ball forty yards on a rope on a deep over route. I mean, I I just wonder and and Tyreek Hill wasn't really a, a super refined player either, coming out either. So like I think part of me just wonders I I'm fine with this conversation going this direction because I think it's actually interesting. Like part of me just wonders if if it's just they have a belief that they can develop these kind of guys. They see the football IQ. They see the speed. They see the special team's ability and just say, um, we've done this before. We know what we're doing. We know how to use this guy. So it's almost like betting on themselves, Andy betting on his ability, whether or not – he, Michael Hardman is not a good route runner yet. He's just not. It's bad. And the scout and okay. said so. The I mean, yeah. scout said so. And it's and it's okay. He's still got a lot of value. You run him on you run him on drags. You run him on posts. You hand the ball off to him. You throw slip screens. You throw bubbles. You can find ten yards for him and you give him chances after the catch and still give you that value down the field. So it's 2016 Tyreek Light as what they're hoping right. for.
1: And I get the vertical stretch part. And it's starting to cut you off. Like I get the vertical stretch, but there was other guys that could stretch the field vertically that I thought were better receivers. So it's just it seems like they valued the extra stuff, the what I'm gonna what I would call bonus stuff from a player that you're taking in the second round, more than being able to get off the line of scrimmage, more than being able to win at the catch point or running a nuanced route. It just feels like they value different stuff than I think you see that you would just expect things to be valued generally, and I get it, it fits a role. Just like that's my hold up with the McCole Hardman pick, is they're placing a value on stuff that's normally filled in rounds five, six, seven higher than they're putting on stuff that I consider quite important for receivers. And it's just hard for me to wrap my head around we don't care about releases. If we have two guys that can run fast down the field, I'll take the guy that can do a reverse over the guy that can beat press coverage.
2: That's fair. That's uh, that's entirely fair. Uh, I guess the counter argument that to that would be that the Chiefs have been what top like seven in special teams play throughout Tyree Kill's time here, and they tilt the field regularly in that facet of the game. I, I I get it a little bit. It's just a I I understand what you're saying though. It's a different approach. It's not a traditional approach,
0: and it's I don't think it's the one that we would want to do. I mean, and I think we, we all have questions about the value of, of Hardman at forty six because we don't see a guy that is able to be a receiver traditionally the way we value it, right? As a nuanced route runner, a guy that has a lot of experience doing that. But I think that they are just they're taking the raw materials because they know how to use the raw materials. And I think that's that's ultimately you know, we talk about you know maybe they were just trying to find a Tyreek Hill replacement maybe they just know and believe that they can utilize these kind of guys to their best ability and Andy's found something with what these guys provide that he thinks he can he can terrify defenses with right and make this thing continue to roll rightly or wrongly and
1: there's obviously a track record so like you can't really sit here and say that they don't have a plan and i've never tried to say that about the pig no for sure it's just yeah it was just i wanted to have the value talk on here because it's just something that we talk about off script and i even held this back from you guys a little bit because i wanted to get your guys opinions kind of live instead of letting my thought process maybe leak over to you guys so i like it i enjoyed it i do i'm I'm glad you brought the
0: conversation in like it's making me kind of think through it a little bit more I mean, we talk a lot about why we would do the things the way we do, but some of the time maybe we just need to be having the conversation about why they value it the way they value it. You know? Mm-hmm. I do think that they're betting on themselves and their ability to utilize this kind of guy. They think yeah. that they they have the blueprint to how to utilize some raw material like this. Maybe it's not the same exact guy, but I think Mikole I legitimately think Nikole Hartman might be the fastest football speed guy in this class. I really do. So it's definitely I think,
1: him or Paris Campbell. I right. like, and like we said, that's what it came down to. And if you're deciding between those two, personally, I think Paris Campbell is better. But for what the Chiefs are trying to do, especially considering the vertical game, McCall Hardman's easily better than Paris Campbell at going deep right now, simply yes. for the fact that Paris Campbell didn't do it a single time. Like right. he just actively <laughs> never did it. So yeah. I understand deciding Hardman over him, it was just limiting it down that far to me was the more questionable part.
0: And I... and. I, he, you don't you're not wrong to question it. I think it's a general belief in that building, the more I think through it. Yeah. I mean, like I think that's really what it is. And I do think Miko Hardman has the ability to track the football better than Paris Campbell based on what we've seen. We just really haven't sure. seen it much with Paris Campbell.
2: Right. Here, I'm here, kinda glad here here's a fun question. Does Patrick Mahomes hit Miko Hardman at a greater clip downfield than he hit Tyreek Hill last year? Because
3: Pat, they were not. They, they were they did not, not connect they did well. did not down connect back. well
2: at all. And well, okay,
0: I'll, I'll add the caveat. Over the top of the. Defense. Over the top of the. Like, I mean, yes, he'll, yes, yes. he can. Pat can drive a ball Absolutely. forty yards, and Tyree can go get it. Absolutely. But actually tracking it over his shoulder, yeah, it happened like once.
1: Right, and I would have to go back and watch to figure out kind of where it is. It's like I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Like you watch Tyree Kill play, and it's going to be similar to Hardman. He's plays at a different speed than everybody else, and he still has that extra burst. He can be running full speed and give you three, four steps at even greater Mm -hmm. speed. Like, players all over, the best players that aren't just one-speed players can always do that. So it's hard to overthrow Tyree Kill, and Pat did find a way to do it at times. (laughs) So it's just it would be interesting to see how they missed. The biggest concern for me there is if you miss Tyree Kill throwing the ball downfield, say you underthrow it, Tyree Kill can still go get it. I don't think McCall Hardman can, so I think that takes Yeah. yeah. Right. And that <clears throat> excuse me, that takes away a window that Mahomes has to miss the play that he had with Hill that you don't have that's with fair. Hardman. Right. That's fair. No,
0: you're you're right. And I don't and if 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 the NFL thought Miko Hardman was Tyreek Hill, he'd go top ten. Yeah. For sure. You know? So I mean this is a it's a I think it's a Tyreek light kind of scenario. Um, it's just the raw materials, you know. I mean I think that's really what its They're they're betting on themselves. Um, yeah. They they I I the more I think about it I think they're betting on their understanding and ability to utilize this guy. And this type of guy. Now play. I know we got to
1: move on quickly but you're betting on yourself to be able to develop in the future. What when we're going to talk about it more but like what's the plan right yeah. now at wide receiver?
0: I I think that they think that they can get get enough out of him and and provide the value enough with drags, posts, slips, bubbles and the occasional jet. I think that so you do
1: trust him. You think they do trust him as a number two wide receiver this no, year.
0: No, but I think that they, I think they believe that they can, they can utilize him enough to where it helps the rest of the, the rest of the offense. Does that make sense? I don't think that they're going to say here's the. You know, I don't think they're going to make him a, a true Z next year. They're not going to give him sixty
2: five or seventy targets.
0: No. Right. Yeah, I think and, that
1: would be. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be a mistake. You would have to get close with like touches via that, not just targets. It's just a matter of, I guess, like to me, it looks like they need help right now, and they actively went out and got a replacement for Hill, but didn't get a player that's going to offer a ton of help right now.
0: Well, yeah, and I think they're going to have to kind of go back to what they did in 2016 because teams started getting scared of Tyreek Hill in 2016, even though he was just a gadget player. You know, sure. I mean, that's that's part of it. They when when 2016 teams had to account for Tyreek Hill. This, that was the start of it. And then he developed into more, but he scared some people early, and they he jumped on some people early with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So wow, that that I'm I'm I like that it went that direction. We wound up talking twenty minutes about Michael Hardman. That's okay because I think there's a lot of I think we're all thinking through everything here too. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's part of it. Is we're trying to process this whole thing and breaking down like what we think is going to happen and how they're going to be utilized and all that kind of stuff. Um, we are going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about the tight end position right after this.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
0: Well, we uh, we went a little bit long talking about Miko. We had some other wide receiver stuff to discuss, but that's okay. I think we kind of got a pretty good K-State. feel for where we're headed. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not letting you talk about Byron Pringle. I, don't, and, I want to go to sleep tonight.
2: And we definitely, just to pull the curtain back, didn't spend the last 40 minutes after we finished that segment talking about wide receivers still.
0: No, we didn't. No. Not at no, all. No,
2: definitely not.
0: We didn't have a giant gap between recording segments at all. <laughs> If this was live radio, it would have been the world's <laughs> longest commercial break ever. Maddie ate Maddie drank two protein shakes in the time we were talking. That's true. It was He's good. It go. was pretty amazing. Um, okay, so the tight end position. You look at the tight end position and you're just sure that the Chiefs are gonna address it. Uh, in in the draft and all that stuff, and then you you blink and you look at the roster after the draft is over, and Dion Yelder and Blake Bell are fighting for tight end two. Um, <laughs> that's kind of terrifying to me as well. Uh, there's just a giant jump off, and I I know I I don't remember what the snap count was for two tight ends since last year, but I mean it's not nothing down from uh, so, the year before.
1: I don't remember what it was, it, but it was down. It is
0: down from the year before. You're right. However, the Chiefs don't really have a ton of wide receivers either at this point to really warrant uh, keeping t- <laughs> to warrant keeping uh, two tight ends off the field either. So, like they're kind of in this spot where you know the 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 it's starting to look a little thin over at the pass catcher side of the ball. But let's talk about the tight end position. Is the lack of depth stuck up on you at all, Craig?
2: Um. Yeah, a little bit. We. We had several guys in this draft that we liked: uh, Foster Moreau, Jay Sternberger, Jake got to feel the stern. Um, <laughs> even Trevon Wesco uh, was a guy that we thought would be fun as kind of a fullback, H back kind of kind of guy. There, we all expected that they would add somebody, and not only that, when it got to UDFA, we also expected. That they'd probably add somebody there, which I guess they kind of had. No, have. they
1: definitely did. They got Logan Parker. They yes. added the next Maddie's Trey H. Burton. Ooh! Oh, they did
0: get that. They got John Lovett. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna be using my John Lovett's impression. Like anytime I talk no, about John, no, are not. he's no, losing his mind, and I'm reaping
2: all the try benefits. Try
1: continue your your thought process, please.
2: Oh, that's that's such a bad John Lovitt. <laughs> Can't like I'm, I'm I'm hung up on it. Anyway, I'm gonna work, I, I'm workshopping it, guys. Okay, I, it, it, what very do you think we were doing in that
1: forty-minute break? Shop it to the <laughs> recycle bin. We're responsible <laughs> Cut on this it podcast.
2: Up. Cut up the workbench, throw it away, start over.
0: <laughs> well, you're
2: gonna have to build me a new workbench, Renaissance man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think one. right now Yelder's the guy that they're gonna have to lean on the belldozer a little bit, Blake Bell. But they still need to add a guy. I'm not comfortable with the depth.
1: Yeah, and I guess you can say it snuck on you a little bit. I was always a bigger fan of Demetrius Harris than just about anybody else because he was a competent second tight end that brought stuff to an offense that very few second tight ends do. He could stretch a defense vertically for a tight end, but also was a solid blocker. So the fact that he's now gone, I knew there was going to be a gap behind him. I never thought the Chiefs, without investing a high draft pick, were going to have a Demetrius Harris level tied in, too. Mm -hmm. And in reality, I think that's okay. I don't think they're planning on going heavy 21 personnel anymore. I think they're transitioning to more spread and more athletes, so therefore having another big body on the field may not be the move they want to do. They might rather have another running back or wide receiver out there which is kind of why I always held off on thinking highly of a tight end in this draft.
0: Hmm. I mean, I I just look at it and I say, I mean, maybe it's just because, I mean, for all of Demetrius Harris's flaws, and it's just basically one giant one which involved his hands, um, he was just such a known commodity. And now you're looking at it, and I liked Dion Yelder coming out in this class. Um, I liked him. I was a fan of him. It just it just it's it's a very uh blind jump into a guy like Yelder and a guy like Blake Bell. Now, the Chiefs obviously have a better feel for those guys than we do and maybe they just like what they have in the building. Maybe they're not planning on utilizing two tight ends very much this year. Maybe they're going to lean on Anthony Sherman more. I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach it, but just looking at it, the visualizing it was just kind of shocking a little bit <laughs> just maybe just because there wasn't a known commodity I don't know um, but I mean it, it's 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 a very it, I, I just look at it and I just look at the pat the weapons in general and I just losing Tyreek Hills a big deal and how they addressed it Meikle Hardman he has a chance uh, I don't know if you can trust Demarcus Marcus Robinson because he does his own thing and I mean Meikle Hardman's in a big spot here where they need him to to do a lot this year I don't think, you know, De- Garrick Dieter and Dion Yelder are guys that are going to provide a ton of value to this offense. So um, who do you guys think? I'll just go down the list. Maddie. who is tied into right now?
1: Whoever's the best blocker of the bunch. I hope it's Dion <laughs> Yelder, but I just think that they need somebody that can come in and bang somebody. So whoever ends up proving to be the best blocker in camps, they're tied into.
2: The belldozer just because of his nickname and because we don't know what they're going to look like yet until camp. <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna give, I'm gonna say Logan Parker just because no I'm just kidding but
2: uh, I mean
0: that that's a place where I could see them trying to find another uh, another another guy to throw into that room. Um, do you think there's anything that they could do to address it at this point? I mean I I don't know who's out there. Uh, ben Watson, Benjamin Watson, I think is thinking about coming back for another year. Is he a guy that makes sense here?
1: No, absolutely. And there's maybe a late cut or a late addition that you could add somebody again that I think would be an adequate blocker would be removed. move. I'm interested, the Chiefs also brought in two undrafted free agent wide receivers that are very big bodied, like 6'3", 220-ish pounds. If you were a guy that liked move tight ends like Jay Sternberger, who cannot block anybody ever, (laughs) you might as well just pull for one of these big, huge wide receivers to also be used on tight end routes like you would have used a Jay Sternberger. Maybe that's a plan they have. But I mean, besides that, you're just looking at a late ad that might be able to block a little bit and allow Kelsey to continue to play in space.
2: I'm telling you, the guy that I've got my eye on, if he gets out of Minnesota, they got to make some room. Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he he's only 29. You're probably looking to sign him for a very short-term deal, but he would add another element to this offense. He'd give Patrick Mahomes another weapon that has at least been semi-proven in the NFL. I, I think that a guy like that would be a great add.
0: Okay, so I'm going to audible here. Um, and I was going to ask this question during the wide receiver conversation but um, we only got to question one <laughs> uh, so how many undrafted free agent receivers slash tight ends and we'll include Byron Pringle because he didn't play um, <laughs> how many of these guys actually uh, make the 53 man roster Craig i'll start with craig because
2: maddie's dying laughing (laughs) i think we're including tight end you think we'll include
0: include byron pringle
2: (laughs) okay well yeah not me so two (laughs) i think cody thompson makes it i think pringle makes it man
1: i thought this we were going to be short here but now you just opened up a can of worms for me can't we might be going all night now
2: oh no um
1: Byron Pringle definitely makes it. I think Cody Thompson makes it. I think he has special teams ability. He's been a good special teams player. So essentially, is Felton Davis going to even be healthy enough to get a spot? I doubt it. Jamal Custis, I like some of the stuff he does. So I'm going to say that Custis and Josh Crockett battled out for the last spot just because I think there's that many openings.
0: We think Josh Crockett has a chance to actually make this football team.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a chance to battle it out with Jamal wow. Custis. <laughs> Garrett Dieter made the team last I mean, year, so. I, paid friend. I know. Paid
2: friend, so, Garrett Dieter.
0: So, yeah, paid friend. So, are we just basically assuming one of Garrett Dieter and Marcus Kemp makes this team next year then?
2: At best. I mean, yeah. Okay.
1: okay. I don't think Kemp's, Kemp has not panned out at all as a wide receiver. Like, it just simply doesn't. No, but they love him on special teams. They do. Except for
0: downing punts. But
1: now they've brought in another wide receiver that isn't a good special teams player, along with drafting two more special teams players Mm -hmm. in this draft. I just feel like you're stacking up special teams players that make other guys expendable. And if Cody Thompson shows more prowess as a receiver, which I already think he does, it's not even close to Marcus Kemp, I don't know what you're going to keep him for
0: so we're looking at Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Mikael Hardman, Garrick Dieter, Byron Pringle, and Cody yeah, Thompson. except
1: you got to move Pringle way up that list to like number two.
0: <laughs> wide receiver one, Byron Pringle. No, you wide here receiver here first. Two.
2: Well, for the for for the four to six weeks that Sammy Watkins hurts, Byron Pringle does have to be wide, wide receiver, receiver
1: one, and it might as well be Byron Pringle.
0: Do they keep six wide receivers or seven? Hmm. Because Custis would be seven.
1: So, my pickle here, and I guess since we're going to keep doing this, Kent, <laughs> Jamal Williams, I would play as more of a wide receiver than a running back. So, what? Yeah, sorry. James Williams. We have too many Williams. I just confused
0: Well, all we don't have a Jamal. So, you just got guy- really... two
1: guys we don't even have, Kent, if you would let me finish. Anywho. I, I would play him more as a receiver. I don't think he's a very good running back, but as a receiver, he's very good. You can put him in the slot and let him do some of this underneath stuff that you're kind of thinking McCall Hardman's going to do as well. So if you're going to count him as a running back, then I think six. If you count him as a receiver, I think he does provide competition for a last receiver, like a seventh receiver spot. Kind of that debate we always had with that when he was here. What is he actually considered on the yeah. roster? he could be either one. I think
0: I gave James Williams the... Uh... James White comp, just because you run him enough to at least acknowledge that he's a running back, but you're just, you're just throwing the bottom as much as you can. Yeah. I
1: wouldn't even okay. run him. Never. Not once in the NFL. I don't, I, especially with the other talent they have, I guess is the bigger issue. Yeah, right. if he makes the team. I think it almost has to be purely as a receiver, not even lining up in the backfield, but like as an actual wide receiver.
0: I'm here. I'm here for I don't want to sacrifice Daryl the barrel but James and, and Darwin to go with Carlos and uh, and Damian would be a really fun running back group. I, I, I'm just you saying. know what?
2: I'm, I'm going to say it, and I know that they brought him in, but I'd rather move on from Carlos. Like if I had to choose one of those, give me the young kids. Give me the kids with not a lot of tread on their tires.
1: Which one do you trust to protect a backside blitz that Pat doesn't see coming of those four?
2: Carlos. I trust
1: Carlos Hyde very much to pick up that. That's true.
2: Yeah, that's true. I trust I trust Pat to make magic happen.
0: No, <laughs>
2: okay. no, no. Kid I mean, doesn't list... want to be reviewing Chad Henne snaps. That's why he wants Carlos Hyde. Oh, you I'm mean Kyle Shermer no,
0: snaps? <laughs> T- time out. If if Pat Mahomes gets hurt, we're not breaking down the quarterbacks. Yes, you are. That's not oh, happening. Hey, Greg had doing... to cover no, the defense last you... year.
2: I did. <laughs> all no one is, no, of is Bob going to. Sutton.
0: <laughs> okay but here's the difference no one is reading about chad Henney. no one is interested in chad Henney. your defense even though they were terrible last year was actually worth reviewing because we could have talked about why does this thing suck so bad and why you, do we lead the world in sacks and still have a terrible defense
2: do you don't you don't think that people want to talk about why chid chad Henney sucks so bad
1: I would very, no. very, very much like an in depth <laughs> breakdown of how the offense changed Absolutely. when Kyle Shermer takes over for <laughs> Chad Henney after two weeks. I think that would be fantastic.
2: I, I we I, we might have I to do that. I need this. I need this in my life. Because how does Because how does that change? matchup it gets awful. that Easton Stick versus Chad Hinney matchup? We're gonna need you to do double duty there, Kent. Get oh is Easton Stick playing
1: cornerback now?
2: No. No, he's playing running back. <laughs> just... oh, I thought
1: No, I thought Chad Hetty was completing passes on him.
0: His no, name, no, no, in the no, corner. no,
2: no, no. I'm just having Kent review uh, Easton Stick snaps as well.
0: Guys, why are we talking about a, a world in which Patrick Mahomes is hurt?
2: You brought oh, it up. No. Is, this is a good bad. Question. You brought no, it up.
1: I did this. I asked about protecting Pat Mahomes, yeah. and Craig said, no, I don't care. I'd prefer to risk him getting hurt.
0: So there's my answer. Carlos Hyde, you are staying on this roster.
1: Fine.
2: <laughs>
0: You are staying on this roster. We're going to answer a few questions and close the thing out after that. And it's time to close this bad boy out with a mailbag. We actually had to shorten it because uh, the two segments took a little bit longer than we anticipated. I don't know. Why they would go so long? Uh, I mean, Maddie's typically concise, concise, and you know. But whatever, it's okay. Would
1: you quit uh, playing with your hair? We get I'm sorry, it. It's, it's, my it's amazing. My- we like your hair. But you just keep flaunting yeah. it to us the entire just, just night. Come
2: to, go to my Twitter page when this is out. Oh. I will pin the tweet. I am posting video from this one. We, You guys get to see Kent's hair.
0: This is such Looking great the audio, you guys talking about something I am doing with my face. He literally looks
2: like
1: he, he looks like he walked off of a Mad Men set right now. Just <laughs> right off set. If he's pulled out some cigarettes right now, he would fit in perfectly.
2: Perfectly coiffed.
0: I don't even know what that means. <sighs> um. <laughs> okay. Paul DeSantis, or... Uh, P- yeah, Paul DeSantis asks, best fit of some of the available cornerbacks, Rhodes, Waynes, Patrick Peterson, Harris, uh, Claiborne. I'm assuming he's saying um, Chris Harris. I'm actually going to pivot this question. I'm gonna, We're going to talk about the cornerbacks because we, we need to talk about the cornerbacks. We're going to get a lot of questions about the cornerbacks in the next three months, but let's have this conversation right now. I listed out some potential valuations on guys, basically potential trades or free agents. Uh, Tell me the two, uh, give me the three, the three choices that you like for each of these. So like you get, you can pick three of these. You can rank them. Uh, Patrick Peterson for a first, Patrick Peterson for a second, Xavier Rhodes for a third, uh, Trey Waynes for a fifth, Morris Claiborne in free agency. Uh, Janoris Jenkins in free agency after he's cut. Give me the three most appealing um, choices of those in order. Go, Maddie.
1: Reverse order. Morris Claiborne, free agent. Xavier Rhodes for a third round pick. Top choice is easily Patrick Peterson for a second round pick. And if there was a way to boot as far down as I could ever put into vocabulary, Trey Waynes for a fifth round pick.
2: <laughs> Craig I, but it's the exact same for me. I think Claiborne is the better player as a free agent. I, I think that they could go out and get him. I think he improves this roster a little bit, and he's obviously going to be the cheapest of everybody. Xavier Rhodes makes a significant improvement for a third, and Patrick Peterson makes the biggest possible improvement. I don't want to give up a first. We need C.D.
1: Lamb in 2020. Exactly.
2: exactly. I don't... I don't want to be given up a first knowing that they're going to need a wide receiver next year. So I'm not like Patrick Peterson for a first is probably below Wayne's for a fifth for me. I know it's not for Maddie, but it is for me just because I I value that first
0: Maddie. Maddie's just all aboard. Just trading all the draft picks. Um, No, 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 no.
1: I am leading the CD lamb 2020 charge. I just okay. would not in any way, shape, or form trade for Trey Waynes.
0: So, I really... This is just a sidebar. I'm going to sidebar, Maddie. I really don't want to trade away the first or second round pick next year. I, I want to root against the San Francisco 49ers the entire season so that the Chiefs' second round pick is just a top 50 selection. Like That is something I think would be fun to do the entire season. However... I'd probably, of all those choices, give up Patrick Peterson, or give up a second for Patrick Peterson. I would give up that 16 weeks of entertainment rooting against the San Francisco 49ers to get Patrick Peterson on this football team. My second choice is probably Claiborne without any strings attached, and then Rhodes is a third. I Rhodes. I know he's coming off a down year, so. I mean that is a little bit risky, and I don't even know if they can get a third for Rhodes. They probably could get a third for Rhodes based on the. He's track also record. the
2: most expensive. He's of also the most all expensive. All these guys.
0: Yep. Yeah, I probably should attach the figures to all these guys. I mean, Trey Wayne's is nine and a half million dollars next year. Gross. Like shoot that option into the sun. Yeah, like that's just not happening. I don't want to give up let any let capital them for not him.
2: Not pick up that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, let like play chicken with them, but. I think Claiborne's actually option two just because there's no strings attached to it. And guess what? If he signs somewhere next year, nope. he's on the compensatory formula, boys. I mean,
1: clearly he's not signing somewhere for a good amount of money if he's still <laughs> a free agent against. All he needs
0: is all he needs is all he needs to uh, to make the compensatory formula is a million dollars. We
1: don't care about late Thanks, third Spencer round picks around here. We do the not The Chiefs care about
0: them. It, if Spencer Ware's contract is um, correct, like if it, if it's if it's the the way it's supposed to be the Chiefs are getting a fourth-round compensatory pick for Steven Nelson.
2: Get hyped, yeah. Maddie! Y-
0: yay. You guys are, are going to be rolling your eyes now, but you're going to be thanking me not next after April. We,
1: not after we sign Morris Claiborne like you want to know.
0: <laughs> Clayton Nicholas asks, which Chiefs rookie has a better name in a paral- parallel universe? Hard old Mech man hard old mech man or thorn Wanhill. um anything anytime you can use something that sounds like old from legends of the hidden temple i gotta go with it that's mine i was i think there's really no other there's salen condors might be a good one but or Solen condors Solen. that might be a good one but i think hard old mech man is probably pretty elite thorn Wanhill's good too though
1: harwin Thompson's getting no love from anybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one's too easy i like the thorn Hill and i like the hard old mechman hard old mechman is it's a piece of art i think fashard renton
2: anybody i mean Ew. i don't like no, that Thor- thorn Hill's the best name you're, you're wrong kent and you can take your your weird 90s tv show and shove it jerry gonson
1: what?
0: Ak, Nella, Nella, never mind. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. Wow. I'm not even going to try. Well, Yeah. (laughs) well, (laughs) This show is getting weird. Uh, Chiefs in DC asks, who would the Chiefs have drafted at 61 if they didn't need to replace Tyreek Hill? Wow. That's a good question. Um, Juan Thornhill. Then figure it out at 63. That's probably what I'd do.
2: They would have drafted Juan Thornhill at 61 and Colin Saunders at 63, probably. They said that Saunders was in the mix at 63. So then you would have been flipping around and probably looking at a wide receiver or a tight end there. A more traditional wide receiver because in that situation, if they didn't need to replace Tyreek, they would need a direct replacement for Sammy Watkins.
1: Right, and that's why I was thinking, I mean, I don't know who is the... The next receiver, like given what we talked about kind of earlier, I think that you can assume that they wouldn't have traded up if they needed, to tr- if they could keep Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. And I don't think McCole Hardman would still be on the board. If he was, I think he would still be the pick because I do think they liked him a lot, but you assume he's gone maybe paris campbell doesn't go then if mccall hardman isn't already gone and maybe andy can get him or something so he's an option maybe they would look at a dk metcalf then i just think that receivers still definitely in play there but most likely it's Juan thornhill colin saunders they had them both as high twos they didn't think either were going to be available in the 60s let alone getting one of them in the third round
0: and then they could have got deandre walker at 167 just because I know we've talked about this, you guys don't think DeAndre Walker would fit. I just like him. I'm I'm trying to stand for Craig's guy.
1: What about a or, Cor- or you warrior?
0: Or get? No, he wouldn't have been there at 167. Get uh the third round. Corey Ballantyne maybe at 160, mm. uh, 167 Man. too. Yeah, Poor he's had Corey it. Ballantyne. Yeah. he's, had he's
2: recovered. That's an well. that's, that's a roller coaster of a week right there.
0: That's a rough week for him. Yeah. Uh, or we could they could have drafted Armand Watts. And so they could have had Armand and Armani. I wonder which one changes directions better? Ooh, there's some slate there's some there's some late podcast slander no, there. I know who it is. It's Colin Saunders. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh okay. So Zach Nizalek asks In your opinion, is uh the KC offense still considered elite without Tyreek Hill?
1: No. I think it's still going to challenge for one of the best in the league, but it's definitely not going to be elite unless your definition of elite is just one of the better in the NFL year by year. To me, elite means like it's separated from just a tie-in. Like it's another level beyond really good. Last year's offense was elite. This one, without Tyree Kill, is not going to be that.
2: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, and again, entirely your definition of elite. I still think that they can be top five. Without Tyree Kill. I think that that's well within the realm of possibility. Even if you just took Tyree Kill's numbers completely out of the equation, you're talking about 3,600 yards passing and like, what, 38 to 35 touchdowns. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me. That's still a... I mean, we would have killed for that during the Alex Smith years. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and there were some Alex Smith teams that were easily top 10 in scoring. So I think that they're still a top five offense without Tyreek Hill. I think that we're just looking at it from the standpoint of the defense has a lot of question marks. You need the offense to be really, really good to get up over that hump, get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. That's the goal now. And they kind of need all those elements to do that.
0: The Chiefs were the Golden State Warriors last year. Just disrupted football and disrupted football with their explosiveness. And it's just, it's not going to be the same. The However, Chief's w- offense. The Chiefs' offense. Now, the, the defense <laughs> was explosive diarrhea. Oh, yeah. uh, so the Los Angeles but...
1: Lakers of this year.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They had an old age. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going there. Um, but I mean, even like they're gonna regress. They're gonna regress to like if Patrick Mahomes only throws forty touchdowns next year. Only only. <laughs> it still would have led football last it was still would have been the first in football last year. He threw eleven more touchdowns than the second highest person, I believe. So like they they were absurd. It was it's it, it's it will never be duplicated, most likely. Uh, so I mean, they're they're gonna slip, and they're gonna be yeah, you're right. They're still gonna be top five if you consider that elite. Then yeah, but they're probably gonna be closer to five than they're gonna be to one. I mean, yeah. you're hoping that they're fifth.
2: Now here's the thing: if they add a guy, if they add another competent weapon. Uh-huh. There's nothing stopping them from being top one mm. or two. What are, I mean, are,
0: there's no one. I don't think there's anyone they can add that's gonna. Oh,
1: can't we have to save that for next week, my friend. <laughs> I got the oh, names. No. I got the time. Got let's let's save that for next week. There's your teaser for next week. Yeah, free agent wide receivers.
0: Yep. Ugh, I'm so excited. natch Ch479 asks, could Gary Johnson replace Reginald Ragland?
2: Well, if you mean replace him on the bench, yes.
0: Ooh. Probably.
2: Anthony Hitchens is starting at middle linebacker. Don't listen to what the Chiefs are telling you. Dorian O'Daniel' is going to start at will. Gary Johnson is lightning fast. He can get to the sidelines. He just doesn't he doesn't have lateral agility and he's really short. He's not particularly good at block deconstruction or scraping off the edge. So uh, he has some projections still he's also got to figure out, you know, how to put it all together. He overruns a lot of plays. And that's when the speed does show up. And it doesn't always show up. I, I Matt loves Gary Johnson. I am not <laughs> as high on Gary Johnson because I watch a dude. One of the first notes that I took was doesn't play, you know, doesn't necessarily play with good game speed you know it doesn't i I don't see the range and then he comes out and he tests through the roof in the 40 and i went back and i watched and you see it on occasion it doesn't show up all the time and part of that might just be processing having to deconstruct stuff not really trusting his keys things like that but if they believe that they can improve his processing speed and allow him to use that speed absolutely he makes a ton of sense As a depth middle linebacker behind Anthony Hitchens, that's where Reggie Ragland is currently slotted, and he would move on after that.
1: Yeah, I think that he definitely needs some time. Uh, I don't think that he is ready to step in right away and really challenge for the Mike spot, or even a Will spot, and I do agree with Craig that Anthony Hitchens is going to be your starting Mike linebacker. Now, like Craig said, I'm a much bigger fan of Gary Johnson than he is. I watched a lot of a fair amount of Texas games live, and after like the third one, I think I sent a message to our group, because Craig was watching live linebackers, and I'm like, Craig, what do you think of Gary Johnson? Because this guy literally is everywhere. I cannot watch a Texas game. I'm watching any other player, whether it's Chris Boyd, a receiver against him, Charles Domenicoe, I'm like, this linebacker is literally everywhere every single play. I'm not trying to break him down. I just keep seeing him fly all over the place. And I would agree, I don't think he plays at the speed that he ran at the combine on the field. He just happens to show up everywhere. So I like the fact that he is able to track the ball, that, and then you put it with that athleticism. He's a guy that as he sees stuff happen, he can get there quick. I don't think he's afraid of contact. He's not the best stacking and shedding guy. Craig said he's a little shorter, so he has to engage guys directly in front of him. He's kind of like Devin Bush in that regard. If you line him up in a gap and ask him to take someone on, it's fine. He's just not going to be able to scrape across a block and keep them off of him. So I do think he's a little bit more limited to a Mike instead of a Will. But he has the range to get sideline to sideline. He's not lost in coverage. So there's tools to work with. I think it's just going (laughs) to take some time for him to get there. I do like the athletic upside that Gary Johnson has, though. I would not. I am very excited that he made it on the Chiefs' undrafted free agent list because I do think he's a guy that can work him his way into fighting for a starting spot in a year or two. He's
2: making the 53. He's making the 53. Oh. Making I, the 53. I, I think he's about the surest lock of any of the wow. UDFAs to make the 53. They don't have depth at linebacker. They don't have solid depth at linebacker. I know people love Ben Neiman. Gary Johnson has a significantly higher ceiling than Ben Neiman does, and Reggie Ragland isn't on this team after this year, even if he makes this team.
0: One of the things I was looking at, and I was—we're going to talk about defense, but we're—we've got all summer to talk about defense, and you guys are going to have a lot of questions about the defense. That's partially why I wanted to go offense today. The—you're the, right—the linebacker depth is—it's not good. It's very ungood. He's a core special um, teamer
1: at Texas, too, by the way. Guys that's, he is, that's where he is. I was going to yeah. go. Yeah,
0: That's where yeah. I was going. Uh, if he has enough special teams value and plays at a high level on special teams, he will get afforded the opportunity to develop into a potential, p- potential Mike. The one thing, I listened to Brett Veach's post-draft press conference. They like Darius. It sounded like he liked Darius Harris. Her- Darius Harris. Darius Harris. Harris. <laughs> Harris. yeah. He, they like Darius Harris, the linebacker from Middle Tennessee State um it sounded like he liked him more than gary johnson uh they at least and, had to
1: try harder to get him like i i do agree he talked more about him and he seemed really high on him but it sounded like there was a lot of teams banging down the door for harris so i don't i don't know if it means he does or doesn't like him more i'm not trying to say it's wrong but it seemed like there was a lot of interest in harris who's even injured he might not even be ready this year the way it sounds right but there was and- a lot of interest there for him
0: and Veach basically said he doesn't have just a chance to make the, the roster someday. He might have a chance to start. start. Harris, yeah. he singled out Harris as a guy could start. So one thing I do like about what the Chiefs have done with their undrafted free agents, I like a lot of what they've done. I think they've got the best class of undrafted free agents I've seen in a long time with this group, but the fact that they went and got Tim Ward and Darius Harris, who might just be red shirts, basically mm-hmm. get him in the building, get him in the system, let him develop for a year, let him get healthy. I think that's, that's smart and smart roster building. And I think, you know, like I think Brett Veach in general has really shined from players 53 to 30, you know, though he's really done a good job of identifying guys that have value. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what this undrafted free agent class looks like. I think there's going to be a lot that make it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing who those guys are. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We uh, will be back next week. We've got the final draft show on Friday. We will see you then
1: next week. Free agent wide receivers. Get ready.